الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاعفوا واصفحوا حتى ياتي الله بامره وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الا ان في الجسد لمضغه اذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله واذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله الا وهي القلب او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we are on the doorstep of the mubarak month of ramadan belly two weeks are left for the arrival of this great month this great opportunity from the side of allah taala we have discussed a little bit about this previously that we should be preparing for this our minds our hearts should be focused it's not something that will just come and pass by and be gone in the last discussion that we had perhaps 3 weeks ago or so we mentioned about making conscious intentions for the mubarak month of ramadan what we are going to try to target what we are going to try to achieve in terms of maximizing the time with regards to performing ibadat etc that too is something to make conscious intentions about that minimum how much of Quran Sharif I'm going to recite every day. This is the minimum amount of tasbihat I will make. This is the time that I would allocate for dua and various other a'mal to make conscious intentions. Similarly, to make conscious intentions at this Ramadan, I will be giving up all these various things that come in my way that have become obstacles in my life. that have distracted me from allah taala that have become means to gain to to become distanced from allah taala so i'm going to remove all these things out of my life and we also spoke about staying far away from all those distractions especially the social media and various other things that become major obstacles in our lives so this is the thing that we had discussed briefly and which inshallah you would have made note of and you would have been preparing accordingly so the month of ramadan is not far off it's very very near but as we said we are on the doorstep of ramadan so sometimes you get a door that actually leads to a the main door you get a door to some place some palace some big building whatever it is it's a door to an entrance hall which then leads to the real or to the main door which gets into that palace into that house into that obviously this would be something very magnificent something big small place will have one door and that's it so as if this big 
palace of Ramadan, where all these bounties of Allah Ta'ala have been prepared for those who will dedicate themselves, as if the door to get into that main door of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has presented to us in the form of the 15th night of Sha'ban. That my servants would come to this palace, so then they must come prepared. It must not be that they lose out. Now, for example, somebody went to some place where there was a lot to be taken, but he didn't even know what is to be taken there. Or, he went there without anything to take. He didn't go along with any bag, any pockets. He, but whatever he could take in his hand was all that he could take, because he didn't bring along anything to take. Whereas it was open for everybody. It was free permission. That take whatever you want from here. Whatever you take and go is yours. Won't come later. Once it's gone, once you left from here, that's the end of it. Now he didn't, somebody brought along some bag, somebody brought along maybe some trolley, somebody brought along a small bucky, and somebody brought one truck, somebody brought a super link, somebody brought whatever else, more than that, big, big containers. And then somebody came with nothing, not even a pocket. Now only all he can do is take what is in his hands, and maybe somebody even brought things in his hand, his fingers are stuck with all other kinds of things, he was so much of muck his hands were in, so now he cannot even hold anything else. So what is he going to go with? He'll go empty-handed. He'll go completely deprived. He was invited, he came, but he left empty-handed. He left without being able to take one single thing. What a terrible loss this is, what a tremendous loss it is, and the reality of that loss will only be understood later. So likewise, the Mubarak month of Ramadan is like this huge, magnificent palace with every kind of bounty that one can think about. But to get there in a way that one can truly benefit from it, Allah Ta'ala presented to us this gift of the 15th night of Sha'ban that a person... Now, number one, frees his hands from all the things that have occupied it and will prevent him from picking up the bounties and also gave him an opportunity to probably build that big container or take that big container that will now be able to, will help him to fill up in the month of Ramadan and take it along. So this is the way in which we should be considering this night of Shaban, this 15th night of Shaban, that such a great occasion comes just on the doorstep of Ramadan. This is actually the door to enter the main door. Now we have heard the virtues of the 15th night of Shaban many, many times, and we would know them, but nevertheless, a quick revision of some of those virtues are, inshallah, will be very beneficial. So these Mubarak occasions come. It is a gift from Allah Ta'ala. We should be honoring them. We should be respecting them. We should be applying ourselves in these occasions to just be casual and carry on without any concern, not interested. This is a very dangerous thing. It shows a lot of 
disregard and disrespect for these great occasions. And it is like somebody is presenting us a gift and we look the other side. person is presenting us the gift, we take our hands and put it behind our back. So what will be the outcome of that? Can we imagine if we were presenting a gift to somebody, our brother, our sister, some friend, are we presenting a very valuable gift, very expensive pen for example, or in our case now we are talking about somebody now has a very expensive diamond ring, diamond ring and exclusive kind of diamond also, and now she bought it with a lot of uh, concern and care and now she's presenting it as a gift to somebody. That person now is looking the other side, got her hands behind her back, then she turns around and walks away. What will be your reaction? You were trying to present something and this is the reaction. What will be your reaction? So we would feel very offended, very hurt. We would not want to have anything to do with that person again. All for one small thing of dunya. Here Allah Ta'ala is presenting to us this gift of the 15th night of Shaban and this is such a valuable gift that all the diamond rings of the world are not equal to even dust in comparison to what the reality of these occasions these Mubarak occasions are it is not even dust forget the few diamonds all the diamonds and gold and rubies and jewels and all the wealth and everything of the world put together is not even the extent of a mosquito wing, not even the extent of the wing of a mosquito, in comparison to these great gifts, it's nothing. So now Allah Ta'ala is presenting such a great gift to us, and we are just very casual about it, we are not interested, we don't show any enthusiasm for it, we are looking the other side, we got our hands behind our back, all these things, let these people carry on now. They make too much of issues about all this. Let them carry on. My life is fine. If that's our attitude, then this is a gross disrespect, tremendous disrespect and indifference. And the danger of this is that this could lead to major deprivation. We could get deprived from the side of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala forbid Then the doors of tawfiq close up. Tawfiq the ability that comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala to do good. The ability that comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala to progress in deen. The ability that comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala to become a better person. To give up sin. Now that comes with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. When a person shows indifference even to these special gifts, to these special occasions, then that is such a major indifference that a person now is setting the foundation to get deprived Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us so on the one hand this is what we need to bear in mind that this is not just something by the way, this is something very great it is something to focus on in this manner that this is a gift from Allah Ta'ala and what a gift in one hadith sharif Nabi Islam says that when the 15th night of Shaban comes then Allah Ta'ala forgives more people from His creation than the number of hair on the sheep of the tribe of Bani Kalb. Now Bani Kalb, they were a tribe that had numerous sheep. 
Now that numerous must be running in many, many thousands. And Allah Ta'ala forgives more people than the number of hair on the backs of these sheep. Now one sheep, that fiber that is on it, who can count it? It's countable in reality because it's a fixed number, but is it within any person's capacity to be able to easily count it? And then ten, hundred, thousand sheep, who can count it? So such a great occasion. Then, from the beginning of the night, from the 15th night, as soon as it commences, that is Thursday night, inshallah, we are already on Tuesday, so we got in between Wednesday and Thursday from Maghrib time. Thursday from Maghrib time, this great occasion commences. Now that's one aspect to bear in mind now, that that night commences from Maghrib. This great occasion commences from Maghrib time. What is our manner generally? That, uh, well, late at night I will see what I can do. I'll try and do something. Maybe before sleeping, I'll read something, make some ibadat, perform some salah, or maybe there'll be a talk in the masjid after Isha. So I will also, maybe over the receiver or something, listen to that talk. And after listening to the talk, I've done my duty for the night. So now then I can do what I want. Okay, maybe I'll recite some Quran Sharif little words. So already now, number one, we start postponing it for after Isha, after that bayan might take place, if we're going to listen to that bayan also. And then we have done our duty for the night. No. That shower of rahmat is already descending from the time of Maghrib. So we should start taking that greatness already. We should start filling our hearts with that shower of rahmat. How? We already start something, some ibadat. We're keeping ourselves busy with some tasbihat, some zikr. There's some time for tilawat. Maybe before Isha, if not immediately after Maghrib, if supposing somebody is now competing with their meal, etc. So before Isha. But in between, while we are doing something else, our hearts can be focused towards this some part of the time our tongues can be engaged in zikr, in istighfar. Now this is all developing within us that capacity to take from the Mubarak month of Ramadan. And then, Shaitan also plays many tricks. Shaitan says, look, what a great night. But you see what it is, is that the last part of the night is the best part of the night. So what you do is, you go and sleep away early, and then you must wake up at tahajjud time and then make ibadat. So you go and sleep away early. Very good, mashallah, to go sleep away early is very good. But shaitan plays a stick, why? So that you don't do anything in the earlier part of the night before going to sleep. You do nothing that time. In the hope that you're going to do something in the tail end of the night. And at that time shaitan comes and makes a person sleep so deeply. So he neither did anything earlier, neither did anything later. So, we should definitely try on these occasions, especially now in the winter months, the time of the Hajjud is till quite late, up to just a few minutes past 5 o'clock is still the Hajjud time. So, if a person wakes up at quarter past 4, half past 4, then 2, and somebody has himmat and courage wakes up a little earlier, wakes up at 4 o'clock, 
So then too we will have one whole hour. If a person went to sleep at about half past ten and wakes up at four o'clock, that too is already five and a half hours of sleep. So five and a half hours of sleep is mashallah adequate to be able to now spend a little bit of time in ibadat. Then after Fajr somebody, after Ishraq is better, but after Fajr somebody needs to now just rest a while. So after the time of Fajr comes in, then at ten past five, little bit after you made your Fajr Salah, you rest for a while. But uh, somebody slept away at 10 o'clock, very good, no problem. 4 o'clock you wake up, is already still 6 hours of sleep. Now, that is sufficient. So in any case, we try, we wake up at 4 o'clock, wake up at quarter past 4. By latest, half past 4, if a person wakes up also, 5-10 minutes to get ready, perform the wudu, etc. So we still have 20-25 minutes to make some tahajjud, to make some dua, to beg Allah Ta'ala. But that should not be only confined to that time and left only for that time. Something and as much as we can should be done earlier as well. After Isha Salah, before Isha Salah, and especially after Isha Salah, there is more time. So some target of at least so much of Tilawat I am going to make. At least so much of Tasbihat. I am going to decide 100 times Istighfar minimum. 100 times Durud Sharif minimum. And the third Kalimaus also. 50 times, 100 times, then some time for dua, asking and begging Allah Ta'ala for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for our teachers, for the ummah at large, and wherever the Muslims are suffering, for everybody throughout the world, and to beg Allah Ta'ala and cry and beg His assistance and help for the entire ummah, for ourselves, for our families, so some time for dua, and whatever, as much as we can, so, some nafil salah, some salatul toba, salatul haja, somebody has the himmat, mashallah, salatul tasbih, very great rewards, inshallah, our mollimas will explain to us the method of salatul tasbih and the virtues of it as well. So, there's a lot to do, there's a lot to take. So, it should not all be confined only to the last portion of the night. We should and must try for that as well. But we should try and do as much as we can even before we get to bed. Then somebody can manage till 10 o'clock, somebody can manage more till half past 10, somebody till 11, somebody till half past 11, according to our capacity. Then we take a rest, no problem. But the point here is not to be indifferent, not to show disrespect to this great occasion. So on the one hand, Nabi Wasallam is saying, Allah Ta'ala forgive so many people. And then from the beginning of the night, Allah Ta'ala Himself proclaims, Allah Ta'ala special mercies descend. Now that's the other part. Allah Ta'ala special mercies descend. Are we there to take it? And then Allah Ta'ala Himself proclaims that is there anybody seeking forgiveness? I may forgive him. Is there anybody seeking sustenance? I may grant them sustenance. Is there anybody in a problem and difficulty? I may relieve them from that difficulty. Allah Kaza, Allah Kaza, Hatta Yatlu Al Fajr. And Allah Ta'ala keeps proclaiming is there somebody wanting this? Is there somebody wanting that? So I may grant it to him. And this carries on until the time of Fajr comes in. So now, this is the, the nature of this occasion. Such a great occasion. So on the one hand, we should try and take the maximum in the form of ibadat. And beg Allah Ta'ala's help. Take the rahmat in the form of making a lot of dua. But at the same time, Nabi Islam has mentioned several things in the ahadith about those who get deprived of the benefits of this night. Now what does this tell us? 
that as we explained earlier, that this is the door to help us get into the main door, and get into that palace. So, we need to get to the palace of Ramadan in a way that we are able to get in there, in a correct manner. And we are able to now take from the Mubarak month. So, before the month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this opportunity that on the one hand, we'll get focused towards ibadat, we'll get more concerned, and this is something to really do. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked that what are the best fasts after the month of Ramadan, meaning apart from the month of Ramadan, which fasts are most virtuous? So there are various specific fasts, but meaning as a month, as a month which fasts are most virtuous apart from the month of Ramadan, Nabi also mentioned Shaban as a form of respect for the month of Ramadan. So now the person is preparing himself spiritually by fasting excessively in the month of Shaban, preparing himself spiritually for the month of Ramadan. Now all of us may not have that capacity to fast excessively in Shaban, and especially in the second half of Shaban, if somebody is going to get weak in the month of Ramadan due to excessive fasting before Ramadan, then the second half of Shaban, they should not fast much. They should rather fast up to the 15th of Shaban and then so the beginning first half they should fast and not the second half. This is the advice in the Hadith Sharif. And somebody has the capacity well and good, but Nabi Wasallam used to fast excessively in Shaban. And one of the reasons he mentioned was لِتَعْزِيمِ Ramadan. That the fast of Shaban are so virtuous that this is a form of respect for the month of Ramadan. That this is the introduction. So a great introduction for a great month. So on the one hand we have to build this capacity. And then we have to also clean ourselves. A person comes dirty and filthy to some palace. Then he's not going to be given that attention. He's not going to be given that kind of uh, welcome He's come dirty, filthy. Allah Ta'ala's grace is very great. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will take his bandhas who repent even at any time. But Allah Ta'ala wants us to come clean so we can take even more. Allah Ta'ala's grace is all encompassing. Allah Ta'ala wants us to take the maximum. So Allah Ta'ala wants us to come clean. So now on the Mubarak night of 15th of Shaban, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that there are certain categories of people that get deprived of the virtues of this night. Now what is this message in this? Allah Ta'ala wants us to clean ourselves from these things. Because any person who wants to go to the palace and he comes to know that somebody who has uh, certain things in him or certain problems he's involved in, certain issues he's involved in, he's going to be not allowed to come. He will be he will do anything in his capacity to get himself cleared out, to sort his issues out, so that when he comes to that palace, he will not be deprived. Unless the person is a person who doesn't know what's going on in life, he is totally lost, he doesn't have the understanding of what is in store inside the, the great wealth that is going to be dished out. So now what can we say about it? That person will be deprived, he'll be deprived now. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from such people and from becoming such people. The thing now is that Allah Ta'ala wants us to come clean, wants us to be able to take the maximum from the month of Ramadan and therefore this is that message that is coming on the 15th of Shaban. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Islam says, 
فیقفر اللہ جمی خلق ہی اللہ مشرقن او مشاہن اللہ تعالیٰ فوگیوز ہز انٹائر کریشن میننگ اللہ تعالیٰ مغفرت اینڈ ہز فوگیونس از شاورڈ ٹو آل اینڈ سنری بٹ سم پیپل ایکسکلوڈیڈ وٹ از اے مشرق پرسن ہیز شرک ان ہز ہارٹ کفر آلسو کمز الانگ ود دیٹ کفر اینڈ شرک وین اے پرسن از ہارنگ کفر اینڈ شرک ان ہز ہارٹ ہیز اے disbelieving in allah taala he is ascribing partners with allah taala then there is no maghfirat until he makes toba from that kufr and shirk and comes into iman and tawhid and islam otherwise then he is totally depriving himself forever and ever if he dies on that kufr allah taala protect us and save us so this is the one aspect that allah taala does not give somebody forgiveness who has kufr or shirk in his heart the second mushahin The person who harbors malice. Now, this is something to keep looking deep down in our heart. Are we harboring malice for anybody? Is our heart clean? It's easy to say with the tongue, I have forgiven everyone, I have cleaned my heart out, but have we cleaned it out? Sometimes it is with some friend that we broke up, For whatever reason, sometimes trivial things, somebody just said something to us, somebody, whatever trivial things, sometimes it's some family member, Allah forbid sometimes with our own parents, sometimes with our own children, sometimes with our brothers and sisters, sometimes with some cousin, sometimes some extended family member, our uncles, aunts. Now, on the one hand, harboring malice, and likewise, in another riwayat, again regarding the 15th of Shaban, Nabi Islam says, Allah Ta'ala does not forgive qati'u rahimin. The person who severs family ties. Now both these things are very close in the context that we are discussing it now. So now the point here that we are talking about initially is that it is very easy to say that I have got no malice in my heart. I have cleaned it all out. There's, there are two separate issues. Two separate issues which sometimes get confused. Somebody said something to us. Somebody hurt us in some way. by whatever might have been done or said, somebody maybe usurped something of ours, or possession, something somebody took away, somebody did something that caused us some taklif, maybe they made some comment against us, or whatever the case may be, all these things. Now, being human, It is not something that uh, will never happen that a person won't feel any hurt, any pain, any emotion over that comment that somebody made or that person now, whatever, now they said something, did something that put some difficulty in our path. So all that is part of human nature that a person will feel some pain and hurt. Feeling pain and hurt is human nature, but keeping the heart clean of malice is also in the control of this insan. Allah Ta'ala has kept it in the control of this insan that despite being hurt, the person can still have compassion, kindness, love for the one that even hurt him. It all depends whether we have hearts and what kind of hearts we have. Just to understand this very briefly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala an, 
had been responsible for the martyrdom of Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala this happened before Hazrat radiallahu accepted Islam obviously as soon as he accepted Islam Allah ta'ala wiped out everything that happened before Islam before Iman so all these deeds were all wiped out he was not now going to be accountable and will never be accountable for it on the day of Qiyamah because whatever happened in the state of Kufr and then a person accepted Islam Al-Islamu yahdimu ma kana qablahu all these things will be forgiven and Allah Ta'ala will not take a person to task for these things on the day of Qiyamah. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being very, very fond of his uncle, very close to him, and Hazrat Hamza Radiallahu was martyred, and in a brutal manner, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was very hurt. And this natural pain remained even after. After this incident occurred, for a long time it remained. Eventually Hazrat Wahshi Radiallahu accepted Islam. Nabi Salaam says to him, Hal an anni Can you stay out of my gaze? Why? Not because of Nabi Salaam himself, but each time he will see Hazrat Wahshir he might feel pained that this was a person responsible for my uncle's martyrdom. And if Nabi Salaam feels pain, the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala is getting pained over some ummati. There's a fear that that ummati might get deprived. So Nabi Wasallam loves him so much that he should not get deprived. His heart is so filled with well-wishing for Hazrat Wahshi that he does not want him to get deprived in any way. So therefore he's saying to him that look, avoid my direct gaze. Now on the one hand he's still hurt, he's pained. So the hurt is there, that's natural, that's human nature. Because this was a very serious one, this was a very big thing. It was his very beloved uncle who was martyred very brutally. His stomach was cut open. His liver was taken out to be chewed. His body was mutilated. And his ears were cut off. His nose was cut off. His hands were cut off. This was a very severe thing. And... Therefore, Nabi Wasallam titled him also Sayyidu Shuhada'i Hamza, the leader of all the martyrs. So such a, and he was somebody who was very protective of Rasulullah Wasallam. So, therefore, this was something that was very deep emotionally. It was way beyond the things that we encounter in dunya. What we encounter cannot compare to one minor 0.000% of what Nabi Islam had to encounter in this regard. Despite that, Nabi Islam is so filled with well-wishing for the Wahshi and so concerned that he should not get deprived, that he is giving him this advice so that he benefits. Now, these two things are not contradictory. These two things are not, if a person is feeling hurt, then he cannot be a well-wisher. That if a person is feeling hurt, then his heart cannot be free of malice. But where will this show? How will this become apparent and evident? That the heart is truly clean. It will become apparent and evident in how we interact. How we deal with the person. Do we deal with the person with fairness and justice thereafter? Let alone fairness and justice with well-wishing. Like some family member for example some cousin, uh, whatever, some aunt, uncle, brother, sister, sometimes parents. Now we 
dealt with our parents in such a way that we've now Allah forbid people cut ties from their parents. It's something unimaginable, but unfortunately and tragically these things happen. And these things are happening in dunya. Now people cut ties from their parents, they cut ties from their brothers and sisters, they cut ties from their aunts, uncles, they cut ties from their relatives, they cut ties from people who have been very instrumental in their deen, they cut ties from people who have guided them. Now, so many things, but now all this is a tragic thing. Any case now some realization has come. So we say, no, 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 my parents, my parents are my parents, so I have now restored all the situation. I've, my heart is clean. Oh, my brother, I've cut ties from him, but now my heart is clean. I've got no malice. But then, what is the interaction thereafter? Interaction in the sense that if the person, for example, there is some way of benefiting him or her, very easily that brother, that sister, that aunt, that uncle, whoever, there was some way of benefiting that person. And that benefit is very easy for us to do. It takes nothing from us. Are we ready to benefit that person? For example, this very, very, very easy way of benefiting anyone and everyone by taking their name and making dua for them. Are we prepared to take this person's name and make dua? Are we prepared? Now, if we are prepared to do that, then this shows a heart genuinely is clean. Malice is gone. We prepared to do that benefit. If we come to know of something that's going to be harmful to the person, we are in a position to be able to save the person from that harm, then we will never hold back We'll do what we can to save the person from that harm. Are we prepared to do that? Are we prepared to be a source of comfort for the person when we can? Are we prepared to do these kind of things? Are we prepared to deal with the person with justice and fairness? So now, for example, we have several brothers, sisters. So we're dealing with all in a similar manner. Or are we making distinctions? Somebody in some way, somebody in some other way. Now, in a way that that person is now being deprived of something, this person is... So now, if that is the case, then it shows that this is words. The heart is not clean. Allah Ta'ala wants our hearts to be clean. Allah Ta'ala wants us to come to the month of Ramadan in a manner that we are clean. We have nothing in our hearts. So, this is what we have to now focus towards that these hearts must be shining for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And whatever has come as an obstacle, we need to now divest of that, remove that, clean our hearts of it, move ahead in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us, and especially on these occasions, we do not become deprived. So now if we, Allah forbid, have cut relations from somebody, we have cut relations from our family members, from whoever. So we restore that. We restore that. Then the least is we make dua for the person. We obviously first restore the relationship. We don't have to be now sitting day and night in the person's company. We don't have to be now associating very closely with the person. But our heart is clean. Our heart doesn't harbor any negativity about the person. We are not happy if the person is hurt in some way. We are not sad if the person is benefited in some way. 
Otherwise, this is a sign of hasad. This is a sign of jealousy. That somebody else is receiving some benefit, we are being pained about that. Why this person benefited in that way? Why is this person progressing? Why is this person advancing? Now, if there's pain about somebody else's advancement, then there's a hasad. And hasad, hasad destroys a person's good deeds. Al-hasadu ya'kulul hasanat kama ta'kulun narul hatab. So now we have to clean our heart. This is the, this is the thing to do on these Mubarak occasions. Clean the heart. Clean ourselves. Move ahead. And Allah Ta'ala wants us, like that child or that friend, we want to now, uh, shake hands with the person, but the person got dirty hands. That child, we want to embrace the child, but the child is covered in filth. Hey, no, no, you first go clean up, then I will embrace you. I will shake hands with you and you have cleaned your hands. Allah Ta'ala wants His bandhas to come clean. So that he may shower his mercy fully on them. So now we have to take this opportunity, clear our hearts, restore those relationships, make sure our heart is clean of all that shirk of any type. We are not involved in any breaking of ties, in any malice. There are several other things that are mentioned in the hadith. The time has already elapsed. Inshallah, Mawlimas, today or tomorrow sometime, they will discuss and enlighten us on these aspects about the 15th of Shaban so that we take the full benefit of this Mubarak night to come and we prepare ourselves thoroughly and completely for the month of Ramadan that is on our doorstep. May Allah Ta'ala keep us well for the month of Ramadan. Allahumma sallimna li Ramadan wa sallim Ramadan lana wa sallimhu lana mutaqabbala This is a dua that we should be making as well. Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq and take us with afiyah to the Mubarak month of Ramadan and enable us to spend it in such a way that this month becomes a turning point in our life for the better. We become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. We are endowed with taqwa, endowed with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala and we are endowed with all the qualities of Iman. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This will be the last program, tarbiyah program for this meaning till after Ramadan. Inshallah we will continue after Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana anil alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka ashukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Allahumma aftah lana bil khair. Waqtim lana bil khair. Waj'al awaqiba umurina bil khair. Biyadika al khair. Innaka ala kulli shayin qadir. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين